What's up, y'all? Now the podcast, NBA edition, episode 17. What's up, y'all? Back in this, it's playoff time tonight. Today, games are going on, uh, and it's uh, grand. <laughs> no, we uh, I, it, obviously they have to play more games in the daytime because there's only like what so many courts, right? Right. They're doing it. It's it's, it's playoff time, and uh, just like any week, we're gonna get into uh, what we do and talk about the NBA and how it's turning out, how it's shaping up. So. With that being said, I am Panda Vinci, and I'd be sipping on garage beer. <laughs> it came straight from my garage. It was, it was hot just a minute ago. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> my name is Karan, and I'd be uh, upset about not having my lemon loaf cake. I needed that from Starbucks. Uh, I needed it. Messed up my Uber <laughs> Very necessary. Wow. Yeah, it was. Uh, I am Darren, and I be not doing anything fancy. I'm drinking lemon water, y'all. Hey, man. Just over here being real basic. Hey, man. That's not basic. Trying to get my digestive track right out here, keeping it real light. Yeah, get them uh, good uh, antibodies. Like the <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. So we back in here uh, just just so we don't waste any time. We're going to our takeaways. Take that! 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 And my just one my little takeaway is uh, it's it's a good problem, but it's a problem is how good the West is, man. And uh, the bubble and everything, that's, the way it shaped out and the way these teams were energized, it was so good to see these teams like battle it out. But it was also tough to see them go. Uh, and uh, I don't know, is it a problem for the NBA? The fact that like, you know, they have to worry about all these teams and, and not even so much this year, but next year. Because when you look at it, who's who's really going to, be left out again because I mean that at right now it felt like at least 10 teams were worthy of being there. You know, it's, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing per se, because what that means to me is that the draft is getting better or younger talent is getting better. So what that represents is talent scouts are better in the Western conference than in the Eastern conference for me. Because the talent coming into the draft is great. So if the Western Conference teams simply have better young players, which they do, then that just means that teams like the Knicks don't evaluate talent well. So I think that's a, an issue. On, like, that's not a league issue. That's a team-by-team team issue, which in turn is a league issue. But I, I don't know. I can't. I can't necessarily put it on... You know the Western Conference being too good as the as the actual issue. The issue is talent scouting. Yeah, and I, I guess that's kind of the thing is when you look at it, their records were kind of bad. I mean, really, these teams should not even have a, a sniff at the at the playoffs. Like, it's, maybe the East was famous for that, you know. But you would see an eighth seed in the West being five hundred at least. You know what I mean? Uh, right. But when you watch them play, you're like, wow. Sacramento's really good. Oh wow, the Phoenix is really good. Like, um, and then obviously New Orleans and San Antonio, and just watching all them scrap it out. It was fun to watch, and I'm sure it was good to give a good kickoff feeling to the bubble because, in a, in a real matter, these were playoff games. Um, so maybe it's a problem. Maybe it's a it's a problem they'd love to have because it just makes it interesting. I think it's a combination. Of things, um, you. I think the talent aspect is 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 something, but the I think the other part of it is nobody wants to play in the East. Yeah, <laughs> you know, not any great players in generally. I mean, KD has kind of come through um, choosing uh, Brooklyn. 
Um, but you look east. I mean, there are a lot of unattractive markets. Um, you know, well, Minnesota's in the west. Nobody wants to play there. But Indianapolis is not attractive. Cleveland is not attractive. Um, <laughs> I, that first. I mean, Char- Detroit, Charlotte is not attractive. Yikes. Yeah. Um, I would say Atlanta is not very attractive. So there are a lot of markets that just aren't uh, markets that players want to gravitate towards. So that's the first part. And yeah. then the second part is in talent evaluation. It's like somebody, you know, Darren hit it on, on the nail, hit the nail on the head. Um, you, how can you draft so terribly? Like how's <laughs> you get so right. many chances at top five picks and you just like it's one of two things. Either you're you're drafting the wrong player or and I think this is also the case with a lot of teams, regardless of conference, they don't you don't develop your players well. Like you don't actually have a good development program. Right. So you look at the Spurs. I mean, not to be like a homer, but they develop players very well. Right. Yeah. They know world, what their weaknesses are. And right. And then they improve upon what those things are. Well, from there, let's go into your, your take because it kind of bleeds into some of that. Take that, take that, take that, take that, take that, take that, take that. I think my takeaway is just kind of looking at the teams that just left, sort of in a, a very brief review. Um there's some problems with all of the teams, which is part of the, the reason why they're not still in the playoffs and they're going home. Sure. Um, the Suns out of the teams that left clearly have the best future. I, th- I actually think them not actually playing in the playoffs was better than not having, you know, having gone eight and no and made it because in a weird way, because they weren't going to win the championship or any, or compete anywhere. They were going to get destroyed four games. Yeah. Zero anyway, right? So you might as well you now you're you're leaving on a high, you're leaving respected. You have you know a great player and and legitimately legitimately great player in Devin Booker. You have DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges. You got Kelly Oubre when he gets back. You have a great bench. I mean, they have really good players. I mean, they're going to be really really good. Um, I don't even see why Devin would even want to leave Phoenix at this point, honestly. Um, I think they're going to rise. But the team that bothers me the most is a team that I thought would, could make some noise, and that is the Pelicans. And they are just – I've said it before. They are completely uh, mismatched. There's nothing on the team that matches uh, with what Zion can do. Yeah. He has to get in better shape, but they also have to – find he honestly you know he's gonna have to they're gonna have to put players around him that can shoot that's the first thing so they need actually need more jj reddicks on their team um i think they should probably get rid of lonzo ball they should probably get rid of brandon ingram um i think they should just if you're gonna draft number one and you're gonna take that guy you should you need to build your team to what he can do and he is basically like a super explosive kind of Blake Griffin kind of guy that can't shoot yet. So mm-hmm. you got to build it around that, what he can do. And then there's the Grizzlies who also have a nice future. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's it's a little messy there, too. They need some more veterans. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, so watching all of those teams. I agree exactly. I agree with you 100% with this. The Suns actually did themselves a favor by not getting in. They kind of made themselves into, you know, legendary figures, you know, at this point. But um, yeah, everyone has a story to tell. And that's kind of, I guess it goes back to my point too, is how hard is it going to be to make the playoffs next year? It's just going to be damn near impossible unless, you know, some of these teams that are on top blow up, which, you know, I don't see Utah going anywhere. Denver's not going anywhere. If anything, I think Denver's going to be contenders like within the next two years. And then uh, obviously Portland is just, you know, scrappy and amazing and all these other things. Um, what do you think, Darren? 
Well, I think the conversation has to resurface about reseeding the playoffs in terms of eight teams from the West and eight teams from the East. That can't happen anymore. You kind of have to just take that antiquated system out of play. It needs to be the best 16 teams from whatever conference. So if the Suns are going to make the playoffs, but they're like technically a 10 seed in the West, but they would be a five seed in the East, they need to make the playoffs. That's just how that needs to work from now on. The best teams need to play. Right. And it's it's just, you know, the league has talked about it. Adam Silver's talked about it. It's kind of been floated. And I, I think this is what we're realizing now, that that system is needed more than ever. Like two really good teams in the West shouldn't have a play-in game when teams in the East are getting into the playoffs with losing records. That just doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough because, I mean, the truth is the teams in the West had losing records too, but they just had, you know, a good spark and better but players. They're playing, they're playing against the West every that, night. That's very true. Very true. So that is that the problem or, yeah. So I'm glad you said it because reseeding, that has to be a thing. And, um, you know, that uh, the good thing is the NBA is flexible and they're going to do what works. So. Uh, just be on the lookout for that. And then uh, we got your takeaway there. You know, one thing I, I found inter- interesting about, you know, the bubble in general is is kind of the, the idea of home court advantage. And, um, you know, for the first part of the season, teams jockeying for position to have home court throughout the playoffs. And now that's kind of this thing that seemingly doesn't matter. But it's, it's already, you know, kind of interesting to me just watching – a little bit of the first two games today, um, you know, some of the things that the league is doing to try and create this environment to try and manufacture home court advantage. And, um, you know, I was reading this story uh, in the New York Times where they were talking to some of the guys from the league and they were talking about some of the things that they were doing to try and create a home court environment for the teams that actually won home court. Um, And some of the things they were mentioning was, Uh, using some of the music that's in the uh, home team's database. So kind of recreating that environment through the music that they would normally hear in their arena. So it kind of taps into their psyche and, you know, brings them into a place of like, okay, we're playing at home because it sounds like home. Um, Different audio cues, uh, graphics that they can put up in and around uh, the courts at the bubble, just little different things to try and create an environment at home because it's so depersonalized you know, in, in, in the bubble on those courts. So I, I'm wondering how this is going to affect players, if it's going to have a good effect, if, you know, after two rounds we'll realize that the teams that have home court are actually winning more as opposed to things kind of evening out. So I don't know. I kind of want to see what y'all think about that and kind of if these tactics that the NBA is putting in place will actually have an effect and give the idea or the feel of home court advantage. Yeah, for, first of all, I noticed today, because playoffs started today, that they did do that. I think they implemented some of that already. Um, I saw some of the hometown fans on the on the, in a bigger zoom-in screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may be old footage or whatever, but it's still, it's kind of stuff you see at home games, right? And um, I, I've been noticing, because I don't know, I just, I've been trying to notice these little nuances, but man... Whoever's running the sound and the uh, the crowd noise is doing a great job. I mean, I've heard like just the correct responses, you know, from whoever's running the sound. Right. Uh, as far as the crowd goes, like, you know, um, whether if the crowds, you know, should be disappointed or upset or enthralled, there is a big moment. I think they've matched it. And so, like, I don't know, it, it may be. It, it may be louder over there. It may be more pumped in over there. And I don't know as, as far as what we're getting, um, but uh, I don't know. It's it's still not going to match home court advantage. It's just not. I mean, there's so many things right. to go into when you're playing on the road in Denver versus when you're playing on the road in L.A. You know what I mean? Like uh, these cities have different personalities, uh, you know. Some some cities lure you into temptations and whatnot, and uh, so that's that's a whole thing. But man, we're we're kind of have we're in this 
new territory where, you know, they kind of have to just figure out what they can do. And um, I'm digging what they've done so far. What do you think, Ron? I, I think at the end of the day, um, I think it's kind of working. It seems like the players are kind of responding to it as well. Um, but no, it, it's not going to replicate like real fans running into real people when you run out of bounds. Um, people yelling at the, you know, free throw line, you know, things like that. You're, you're going to miss that stuff. I mean, big shots, that momentum, the feel of momentum, like, you know, that's, that's not like, I've noticed like, it's kind of a little herky jerky. Like for example, um, I'll take the, just the nets that we, there was a nets Raptors game that just, uh, was on now the Raptors won cause they're a better team, but they were up like 33 points. At one point or something like that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the Nets just kind of came all the way back. And it was really, you know, I don't know how that would have worked. Like, would the Nets have come back on the road in Toronto? Right. No way. Well, I don't think so. I don't think they do. I, I, really, I just don't think that happens. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think so. that happens. I don't think they come all the way back. Like that. They came back within like a, a within, they were like within like eight or nine points at yeah, one point. Yeah. Yeah. They cut it back and. I watched that and I was like, uh, it didn't seem possible, but you know what? Sometimes when you're that good, you take your foot off the gas. And and just the fact that they put their foot back on their neck shows you how good Toronto is. Like, they're like, nah, right. you know, you can play with heart and desire and all that, but my foot's still on your neck. Right. You know what I mean? I think the interesting yeah. thing yeah. about it too is that you know, even just today with the playoffs starting today in that game specifically, you already see the intensity level increasing. And what that means to me yeah. is that, you know, you can manufacture home court advantage as much as you want. But when these players get locked in and their mind is completely yeah. in tune with the game and what's happening, a lot of that stuff doesn't matter anyway at certain moments, not all the time, but at certain moments when those guys are locked in and when the game is on the line or a team cuts a 33 point lead down to nine, you know, there's a shift, a, a mental shift, regardless of any of the optics, they just kind of lock in yeah, and, you know, they're in tune with the game and, and nothing's going to break their focus one way or the other. Uh, so to, to kind of close on that, it, it does matter. I think that the, the manufacturing of home court is cool and I think it is working and it'll probably get even more in depth as you know, we get closer to conference finals and finals. Um, but it's just, it's interesting to see. It's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, I kind of wanted to play this real quick. Um, so this gives you another dynamic of the bubble and what's really going on here is um, Jamal Murray just posted an Instagram and I guess he he didn't even realize how much um, Mitchell went off on them. Like after they interviewed him, he was like, oh, damn, he scored 57. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and then so so he posts an Instagram video from right outside the arena. And there's Mitchell just like in his flip flops, checking his his messages, just sitting by himself by this little patio. And uh, he's like... <laughs> This is crazy out here being in the bubble. I got to see this dude right after the game. He just dropped 57. <laughs> so he, he like literally <laughs> just walks by him after he just got done hooping their asses up. You know what I mean? Like, so that's that's a very, very unique dynamic that's going on here. Yeah, that would never happen. No, no. That's so crazy. And the thing that that's the thing about that, like. Those dudes don't have to go get on a plane or go do nah, a whole bunch no. of media. They just like go clean up and go walk downstairs and get some food. Yeah, it's like a high school <laughs> tournament, man. Like, That's you know, it. yeah, you, you know, go get some nachos afterwards. Uh, right. Yeah, we need to have a nacho podcast. But anyways, uh, that's good stuff, guys. Uh, I just kind of wanted for a second to talk about the playing game in general. Uh, we talked about how competitive the West is and how, man, how blessed are we that they even had this implemented now? Um, it turned out great. Uh, I mean, 
is is as hot as the suns were uh you know they had they had they were flawless and still couldn't get in and uh dame lillard shit <laughs> i mean all you all you needed was just i don't know why it was just set in stone it's kind of crazy huh like as long as you gave the blazers a chance you're like oh they're getting in and i watched that game it was a great game but it just felt like yeah portland is just they're feeling it you know um what do y'all think about it as far as the playing game? Well, I just, you know, they, they should have won. Yeah. I mean, they they were completely healthy. You know, I think that's the other thing that, you know, you got Nurkic back. You had all that time to, to do rehab. I'm not certain. I'm not certain that he plays. If the season goes on as normal, I'm not certain that he even plays. But he had all that time to do rehab and you know, everybody was starting at the same time. So it made sense to bring him back. Sure. And, you know, with their legs. So, and he's, he's been, I mean, he, that last game, he dominated. I mean, he's unfortunately his, his grandmother passed away from, from COVID-19 and it was, you know, but he played definitely for her. Yeah. Uh, but he is, I mean, just his, him coming back has been tremendous for their team. Um, but they're better. I mean, they, they should have beat the Grizzlies because when they're completely healthy they're they should be beating the Grizzlies. Yeah. Right. Um, you got like the, the league's like the third, fourth best player right now. Um, in Lillard. I mean, so if you have a dominating player, um, I mean, your team should compete. Your team should beat teams. If you have a great player, a person that's going to go to the hall of fame, like he is, so you should be winning. You should be playing well. Right. And, you know, technically you have Carmelo Anthony on that team. So, I mean, right. to be honest, you have two two Hall of Fame players on right. your team. And then you have, you know, you have CJ, you have Nurkic. And, right. And, and, you know, Memphis is great. They're an up-and-coming team, but they're still pretty young. And they showed that in spots with, you know, bad possessions, bad shots. Um, but it was, it was fun. It, it was probably one of the most exciting games and the bubble so far just because it had that play in attached to it. It was just mm-hmm. kind of like that, the first winner go home game without being a game seven that we've had. So it, it wasn't deep into a playoff run. It wasn't after six other games where we saw these two teams matched up against one another. It was just, you know, it was like a playoff uh, football game. You, you, you win or you lose. And that's, and it's a wrap. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of has that attached to it, which is always cool in sports, right? You know, just a, a winner go home game. Um, so yeah, I think I think they'll I think they'll leverage that a bit more with like these in season tournaments and stuff like that when we kind of get to that next year. Um, so we'll see how it works out, but it was it was it was fun to watch. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna say this though. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna add something right quick because I just thought about how kind of critical it was that you know, and this goes back to the guys not making playoffs. Um, those teams are going to be in the lottery now. <laughs> so right. I, I don't think that, you know, so that's something to be, you know, I don't think if you're not the, if you're the Portland, if Portland, if you're Portland, you want to get in, right. You want to get in because the, 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 the lottery is not really going to help you right now. Right. So if, but if you're the Suns, if you're the Pelicans, if you're the Grizzlies, mm-hmm. the lottery is going to help you. Especially if you're, you know, because that gives you a chance to, you know, you can look up again into like the top five to seven and you forget really lucky you can get into the top three and maybe, you know, so I think there's, there's that part of it too. Like Portland, what you wanted more, like he you need it more. Yeah, that's true because you're absolutely right. Because if Portland loses that game and they get into the lottery, like they're probably going to trade that pick for a piece. They don't want a young right. player. They need somebody who can help them be a good team right now. So, yeah, that's absolutely right. Well, let me jump in and ask this, because not only did we not get to, we didn't get to have an NCAA tournament. So what is the draft going to look like? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's still going to, the guys that were coming out oh, man. are still coming out. I mean, I think if anything, you're going to, it's going to accentuate. I think a lot of guys are going to, there's going to be more value on certain guys. I sure. think. Sure. Um, 
But but is it a, what I'm asking is it is it a year where you can get great steals because you know yes some of sure. these yeah some of these guys that'll go like in the 15 to 20 range like some those most of the time are guys who perform well in you know are there are a recency bias you know from the tournament or something like that you know not necessarily uh, just studs but like guys who can hoop. You know what I mean? But like you got to, again, have good scouting, right? I mean, I'm just I'm looking at, you know, players, you know, I, obviously I keep up with the the NBA draft and all that stuff. Um, I just I think the guys who can play immediately are going to be. I think you're right. You're going to want a guy who can play. Right. Sure. Going on on uh, on. I think because the 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 lottery odds are kind of been kind of flattened out. Now it's it's less about potential and more about guys who can play for you today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're going to be looking for Anthony Edwards from Georgia. You're going to be looking for OB Toppin from Dayton because OB's 22. He can play today. He can yeah. play right now. He can come to a team right now. I'd even pick him one overall, even though he's probably in like maybe 10 years ago. Because he's 22, he's probably a little bit closer to his potential than some of the other players. You wouldn't take him so early because, but right now he can he can go to a team. He can go to let's say the Suns. They need a power forward, right? Mm-hmm. And, you can put it right alongside Aiton, and, and wow, younger, not necessarily better for them. Like like they right. have the youth they need. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And Obi would come in, for example, or even the Pelicans. They they could he could play right alongside yeah. um uh Zion because he can shoot. I mean so right now he could play he being plugged in right now, he's smart, he could play today and average fifteen points a game, seven, eight rebounds, it'd be straight right now and help you win today. Yeah, I mean, even you know, for the Pelicans specifically, if they if they do trade a lot of those guys on their team in an effort to clear some cap space, but also trade up in the draft and have maybe two lottery picks. You think about them walking away with a great guard and somebody like James Wiseman this is immediately. Exactly. They're accepted. Exactly. You add a piece or two here and boom, you have another, you're close to having another Phoenix almost immediately. Like another team that's really on the cusp right away. Yeah. That's going to be interesting to see that play out. Uh, so going back to the playing game, I wanted to go ahead and just for a minute talk about just how much Damon Lillard has been balling. I mean, just uh, it's something to see. And I think if anyone's watched any of or just is even halfway tuned in to the NBA, I feel like the only player you should really know about right now is Damian Lillard. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. Uh, I was watching the other night. We've seen crazy shit from him, obviously shooting from wherever he wants to shoot from. But then, um, well, what was it? It was, it was a game they really needed. I don't think, uh, what game was it? Well, they definitely need to keep winning. I want to say it was Dallas maybe. And then the ball hit like it, it, it hit the, uh, just a weird part of the rim and it bounced off the front of the rim and went sky high, like a good 10, 12 feet. And from the rim and then just went in. It went in anyway. And I remember watching it and I was like, when he let it go, I was like, oh, that's going in. And then it did all that crazy shit and still went in. That and was the way- uh, Yeah, that was a 61 point game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Against Dallas, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, Dallas, I don't think they're going too far. Anyways, but um, yeah, the, he just has a glow, dude. Like he's literally fucking, he walked off uh a kung fu movie flick or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> the swagger is ridiculous. The thing about what he's doing that's incredible to me, and you know, we're kind of, you know, hoop nerds and we're always looking at box scores and X and O's and plus and minus, is he's shooting these very, very difficult shots <laughs> at an extremely efficient rate. Like you look at his box score and you see something like, oh, Dame had nine threes, and you think, you know, this guy made nine threes. He probably missed, you know, at least 10. Yeah. And he's like nine for 13 or something like that. Or, or they were wide open shots or something. Right. Because he's shooting from 35 feet, 30 feet. So, you know, you got to guard the dude at half court, which is insane. But 
He finishes great at the rim. He knows how to get his good shots. He does a high screen and roll so, so, so good. Very underrated. I know Steph does that great, but Dame is exceptional with that high screen and roll. And he and he can find an open man, but like he can just find a spot right behind that line. And he's so efficient. Like you don't think about him missing shots. Now we do know that he's he's, you know, and I'm sure Kay will talk about this. He's kind of up and down in the playoffs sometimes. Sometimes. You know, he'll have the he'll have good games and he'll have really bad games. Um, a lot of those bad games were against Golden State, speaking of. But that's that's kind of the thing. If Dame is out there, they always have a chance. But you know, sometimes in the past we've seen him kind of shrink a little bit, but now it seems different. Now it seems like he's just unstoppable. And again, like you mentioned, Pandy, he's getting shots, wide open shots when no one's guarding him because he's just a step above half court. So I think this year might be different. I don't think they beat the Lakers, but I don't think he has any bad moments. I'll say that. Yeah. Sometimes if he has like a bad matchup in the playoffs, it's just kind of a bad matchup. For him, and I think he sometimes he in the past maybe he got into the like trying to do the back and forth thing, mm-hmm. um, especially right. with Steph, you know. But I don't think, I don't think he takes a back seat to Steph. Like <laughs> honestly, I just don't. Like I, I Steph has also had issues, mm-hmm. right, in the playoffs and big moments and stuff like that. He he did not play well. And he gets um, with a lot of help from his friends. You know. He gets and he gets a lot of passes for a for a guy who is a two time MVP and a once a unanimous MVP and everybody greatest shooter of all time. And I don't doubt that, but he has not played well in like big moments. I so I don't want to I want to spread that equally around. Like Lillard hasn't always came up super clutch in every single series. Sure. Neither has Steph Curry. So right. I, to me, they're even. They're even as players. They're I don't think either one is either better than the other at this point. Um oh, damn it. I wanted this to be a topic. I don't <laughs> yeah I don't I think I think they're you know actually I think at this point in time we'll see what KD looks like coming back. But mm-hmm. I mean I I look at the who the best players are and I'm like okay you say let's say you flip flop whoever you want out of Giannis and LeBron James. Okay, so that's one, two, taken care of right there. Mm-hmm. All right, let's say Harden is three. Let's go, I'm going to I'm I'm give him that because I feel like, I mean, he's just basically unstoppable um, offensively. He's turned into a really good, I have to give him credit. I think I did on the previous podcast. So he's he's turned into a, a really good defensive player. I can't front on that. Um, so he's kind of short up that end of it. Um, but he's still a definitive step behind the first two, but he's kind of short up his shortcomings. Um, and so then I look at that fourth, fifth, if KD comes back like KD, then yeah, he's, he's back up with, you know, LeBron and Giannis and somewhere in that range. Um, but then it's like Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then where does Lillard, you know, then I look at Lillard, but I'm like, you know, I don't know. Like, I like Kawhi, and he's he's an awesome player. He's not going to go out and get you fifty points, though. There's not there's not going to be a time where he explodes on you for fifty. because I I know that's that's not going to happen because it hasn't happened yet, right? So he's a winning player, but is he going to like just dominate in such a way that the way you see Lillard do it? I don't know. So it's but he's won two championships too. So, and he's been the best player on the team on those two championships. Well, yeah, I would say yes. Yeah. So, yeah. it's it's hard to to kind of gauge, but Lillard's, I mean, he's he's awesome. Man. He's he's at least in the top probably five six players in the league at this point, mm-hmm. amongst um, incredible talent. Oh right. my god! Right? Oh I mean, my right. god! This is the most talent the the most talented league that, that we've ever had. I believe so. so I believe so. And and the thing is, if he stays in Portland, he's never going to win a championship. So let's go ahead and call that. But it, it's it's like kind of it's something that we're gonna you know when we get older, 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 <laughs> we're gonna be like, man, what? this dude. 
this dude was so cold and he was just he would suck all the oxygen out the room just with his plane. I don't I don't know if I would say that. Right. You know, Clyde never won in Portland because he played in the Michael era. And the only reason he won in Houston was because it was when Michael was gone. LeBron is aging out. So there's there's no reason. I mean, they're the Clippers, of course, and the Rockets to a small degree. But Portland's always had our number. There's there. There's not a, a real long term reason in the next five years why Dame can't get to the finals. I can give you at least five, like off the bat. Yeah. Okay. Name three. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Denver. I'm going to say Clippers if they keep, keep this going, but that's, it. that's just it. That's a if, and I'm, I mean, I might not even count that's, them out, that's a big if. but, um, I would say golden state. <laughs> That's, yeah, they're gonna be uh, tough. Yeah, they're gonna bounce back like a motherfucker and have a number yeah, one. They're gonna be tough. Um, yeah, and then be able to shit move that pick if they want. But anyways, um, that's right. That's right. So there's there's three easy ones. Denver. I don't think they're as good as or won't be. I mean, Denver has Denver has a, Denver Denver is in the same boat. What I meant was Utah. Uh, nah, Utah. <laughs> Nah, they ain't it. Utah, Utah. Well, and these are just Western teams. Well, I'm saying I mean, yeah. the finals. Yeah. If he gets there, then you got a fighting chance. It's the matchups. It's all matchups. Like you, is, you're not going to play all those teams in a row. I mean, if they play up to their potential with a completely healthy team, they're probably not fighting for even that faith playoff spot. Yeah. Right. So. Right. They're getting better matchups. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and throw Dallas in there too because they're they're not playing great right now, but that's a damn good team. And they can't play defense. Their, their future is only brighter down the road. Their, de- their defense is all atrocious. Not not that Portland's is it's pretty bad. <laughs> that much <pretty> better. Bad. <laughs> right, 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 right. But they are better than Portland. But uh but they just don't have like the the winning factor that Portland has right now. Well, I think one thing that you have to take into consideration, not necessarily with Portland specifically, but with Dame specifically, now that he's like this upper echelon top five player, they're going to get better free agents. So in the next, again, I use five years as, as, as a measuring stick in the next five years, it's going to be possible that that team can shift two or three different times to create a scenario where Dane can get past the best team in the West. So it's not going to be like Portland of old where they just kind of had, you know, really good players at the tail end of their career or yeah. you know, like Scottie Pippen. And, you know, they, they had him around other good players like Rasheed Wallace and things like that. And they almost made it. They couldn't yeah. get past Kobe and Shaq. But I think Dame is going to get the upper echelon talent now because he's proven to be an exceptional player and a really, really great teammate. So I, I, I think you have to take that into consideration that guys are going to want to come play with him because they know he gives you a legitimate shot. The other shot I have with Dallas as well, that was one of your teams you thought that were better or better in the longer, the short term, I guess, short intermediate term. I don't know if, like, for example, Luka Doncic had a crazy game one time where and these just recently, what was it? He had like 30 something points and like 20 assists. And I mean, it was some crazy stat line, but they barely won the game. Right. So it wasn't like they, it translates it. I don't know if what he does translate translates yet into winning basketball games. Yeah. And I've said that before. <laughs> I don't know if he's like, or is, if you're getting those numbers, if LeBron James gets those numbers, they've, they're, they've dominated the game. Like from end to end, one by twenty. They, um, other, you know, Giannis. He, they, they, they. The Bucks are winning. They're, they're definitely winning that game, and they're winning the stat sheet. I don't see that yet. With not to say it's not going to come, but he's not a high. He's Luca is not efficient. Um, he turns the ball over a lot. Um, he plays Matador defense. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there are a lot of he can score. And he can get to the foul line, and he's obviously he's like a, an all-world passer. He's fantastic as a passer. Um, 
But I don't know if that means you're going to win championships because he's your best player yet. That's not, I don't, that's, that don't seem to be true. Like, I don't get that same feeling that got, like, when I saw Jordan play or when I was a kid. I don't get that same feeling when I see LeBron play, right. even when he was younger. LeBron was, like, taking teams that sucked, that had no business winning, and they were winning. Like, that's, that's the thing. Like, a great player is supposed to completely elevate your team to such an extent that they should win games where they don't even have no business winning. And they should have stretches of games that they that have no business winning. He doesn't do that. They win or lose, it's, that, it doesn't indicate, his stats don't indicate whether they win or lose. So when you think about who people compare him to in terms of his style, when people compare him to Magic, Magic wasn't or losing Larry games Bird. if he had a triple-double. Larry Bird wasn't losing games if he had 10 or 12 assists. It just didn't happen. Right. Now, we're talking about world-class teammates, of course. Um, oh, yeah. And, and Dallas sure. just isn't that. They have good players. Um, but they're not the Lakers or the Celtics. Yeah. But really, really great players, to Karan's point, make average or even good players play up a level or two. Is he doing that for his team? Not yet. Not yet. And his time's coming. He's coming. He's coming. It's just not yet. It's too early to say, like, you know, what he is. I mean, what he will be, you know, that's a whole nother thing. Second year in the league. I mean, yeah, we don't know if for sure, like, how long of a career he's going to have. I mean, he's kind of a unique uh, body and unique style. Uh, we've never seen, like, all those elements together. Uh, but, man, second year in the league. Uh, all these things, it's it's impressive right now. Absolutely. But uh, for him to even be the seed they're at, I didn't see that. I saw them missing the playoffs, and in in a, in a very 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 tough West. So it's impressive. But like it is. But that's um that's neither here nor there. I think um uh, this this went went from Dame talk, but uh, so the the it, we. It's, NBA talk just ends up being about the West because that's when it's, that's where, man, look at all these bright stars, but not only that, I mean, damn, um, I'm tripping over myself now, but like, I think, um, that's to be seen because Dallas, they are who they are now. They're not winners. They, they fold up in crunch time. Um, Luca is amazing, but like you said, it doesn't translate into wins right now, like when it counts. So, um, right. I, it's coming though. I mean, it's not like, I'm not saying it as like, Oh, well, this is just a player he's going to be right. No, 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 no. He's, he's going to be, I'm my personal opinion. I think he's going to be up there with magic Johnson and Larry bird and these guys, yeah. you know, he's, he's going to be an all time top five, seven. I mean, I think the potential is there. He could be a top five, seven player. Of all time, oh, I mean, the wow. potential is there. Wow. He's, I mean, he's killing. He's killing. I'm look. I pick a pull up his stats. All right, 28, 29 points a game. Wow, eight point eight assists, nine point four rebounds. Yeah, right. It's Magic just never the had those numbers. Just, just no for a measure. Like Magic never had that stat line. These easy LeBron numbers right here in that second year. Yeah, this is what they pretty much what this is. Um. He's oh man, he's gonna be tough. <laughs> he's gonna be so he's gonna be so good. He's only twenty, like twenty twenty one years old. He's gonna be so good. Yeah, and, you know that's the thing. We, you know, going back to to Dame, they're just gonna be battling it out, and it's it's just gonna be about it's gonna be about the teammates. Who are you putting around these guys mm-hmm. to help Dame get past Luca, or to help Luca get past Dame, or to help Dame get past Kawhi? Like, you know, the Clippers are a perfect example. They put that team together. To get past LeBron and AD, and right. it right. it wasn't necessarily easy to do, but that's that's what you do now. You, you got to trade CJ. Got to trade CJ. Yeah, you got to trade CJ. You need a even if you take a slight dip in scoring, you don't need scoring. You have a, there's enough more than enough scoring on the team. Actually, you need somebody who is versatile defensively, interchangeable. And let's talk about why that's not going to work against the Lakers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's talk. Let's, because I know we're going to talk about matchups. So, can we talk about that one, Panda? 
Yeah, it's up to you guys. Look, the Lakers going to destroy them. I don't even know we talking real serious <laughs> about your thing. About Portland? <laughs> they finna house Portland. It's going to be I, I just, it's gonna be fun at first, but it's gonna be like a gentleman sweet, man. It's gonna be like four one. <laughs> real nice, like you know. Nah, they're not winning no two games. I, if they did, I'd be shocked if they won two games. It's obviously it's the league. It's possible, and Portland is good. I just don't think a fully turned on and engaged LeBron James, Anthony Davis. I just don't see them giving up a lot. They're gonna get whatever they want. They have a whole history of just completely dominating the poor, the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just I have a hard time seeing a super engaged LeBron thinking that you know this little team is going to come through and stop him <laughs> from doing anything. All right. Well, who's okay? Well, then let me ask this: Who's guarding Lillard? A bunch of guys. Uh, I think he'll probably uh, switch off with <clears throat> excuse me Kuzma and Contavious Pope. Okay. Yeah, and it'll, it'll probably be Kuzma the majority of the time as long as he's not in, in foul trouble because he has the length to guard him. Man, one thing I noticed is Lillard is getting good at selling fouls, man. Like bullshit fouls. And I've seen him do it at the end of games, like to where it's like really consequential. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he's uh, a superstar now, so he can get every call. For sure. The issue is that they give up too much. They just can, they're going to give up too many points. Um, they're going to score, but they're if you score 130 points and you're giving up 150 points, you know, right. yeah, it's going to be hard. Like they're going to score, they're going to the Lakers are going to score so many points because they're just going to get to the rim. It's not even about outside shooting; they're just going to be at the rim, play the whole game at the rim, high percentage shots. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and and that's kind of. That's what you picture in your head. I mean, like, that's what I would see. There's a reason why they're number one seed, man. I mean, like, they have all these advantages, but sometimes bad matchups exploit them. And and, and and that's when you hear, you know, on a regular night, like on a Tuesday night, the next day you would be like, oh, the Lakers have issues, blah, 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 blah. And it becomes a little topic, right? Um, Portland is that topic. I mean, I... I don't see a situation where they don't win two games. Interesting. Interesting. The thing about the Lakers, Panda, and I agree, against really good defensive teams, they have bad scoring droughts, but Portland doesn't defend. Sure. So if they're getting easy buckets, I don't think they're going to have those droughts that they will have against the Clippers or maybe even the Nuggets. Right, 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 right. So So that's coming. They should be out in the first round. Now, we'll just go ahead and call that. So we're we're talking matchups now. Um, how many games do you see, Karan? Gentlemen sweep. Yeah, for for a good good competitive four wings, if you can call that competitive. Um, <laughs> Not really. I just a little five piece. It's just nah. I, I don't. I just a little five piece. That's little it. Five. Biscuits. Man, yeah, honey even... biscuits. <laughs> little five piece nugget. That's it. All right. Um, Darren, what do you got? Yeah, I I think it would be exciting if they won two games, but I think the Lakers will probably take them out in five. I think if Portland does win a game, it'll probably be game three or four. Um, again, I think Karan nailed it. Historically, the Lakers just kind of dominate Portland. And Dame will probably average 40 in the series, but it won't matter because AD is going to average 30 and LeBron's going to get his 20. Kyle's going to get, Kuzma's going to post up. Uh, JaVale's going to get buckets down low. The rebounding deficiency is going to be crazy. Yeah. They're just not going to get enough shots. Yeah. Okay. So by attrition, I, I agree with that now, but that I do see it going six games. Um, I think there's going to be times where the media is going to be like, oh, wow, the Port- Portland Blazers have, you know, figured out the way to beat the Lakers or whatnot. And it, it's I think that the Lakers, they're going to be under their thumb, but I think Portland's going to create moments where it's going to look like uh, they don't. <laughs> so I, I'm going to call it in six, but um, we're okay. just going to quickly run through these, even though some of these are fucking intriguing matchups. 
Um, Houston, number four seed versus Oklahoma City, number five. Now this, I'm I'm ready for. Uh, if you're asking me about this one, considering mm. Russ isn't playing and how well Oklahoma City plays, they're a really good defensive team. They have mm. a ton of scoring threats. I would not be surprised if this series goes seven. The Rockets will win, but it might go seven. I agree. I tend to agree. I think, but I think once Russ gets back, I, I think they'll. I think the only reason why it'll be a halfway like a closer series is because he's probably going to be out. The seems like the first game or two at least. Yeah. So, um, if he's playing, I don't think they. I think it's six games. Rockets, easy six, like a easy six. Oh, easy six. So yeah, I don't think I don't. I think I think it's just going to be different. There's a lot of manpower. You know the the shooting of the threes, that's going to be overwhelming because the, the Oklahoma doesn't have a clear advantage anywhere except for Adams, and he's not going to score twenty five a game. Right. Yeah. So, you know, so now you're playing strength on strength. Who can hit shot more shots? And it, I mean, the Rockets are just they're better shot makers. Yeah, I I, I agree with y'all one hundred percent. I'm I would say Houston six, um, but I do see OKC is just a team who. Man, they they have the pedigree to just know how to win. Like they have just a good mix of guys, and CP3 is kind of playing with a huge chip on his shoulder. And uh, have him against Houston, I, I just I find it super interesting, and I think it should be a fun series. But I, yeah, I, I do call Houston in six on that one. Um, so moving right along, we just saw this game: uh, Denver versus Utah. Um, I would say. In my mind, Denver wins this within five games. But um, I love the matchup. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, a, it's, a, it's, it's a fun matchup. Um, it's it's two stars to kind of like. Well, there's more than there's more than two stars, but um, Denver just has man. I think they're just they're just slept on. I, they have all these pieces that can just you know catch fire and. You know, and they all go around, you know, such a good centerpiece. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a threat. Denver's a threat. Yeah. I don't care what nobody say. Denver is a threat. They got, especially Thank with Porter. Oh, <laughs> Denver is a problem. He's going, they are going to be, I feel like, I don't know how it shapes up. I'm, I'm trying to look at the uh, the playoff seedings or whatever. Well, yeah. But they're going to run into one of the LA teams and they're going to yeah. give one of those LA teams straight hell. Yes, I don't care which LA team it is. They're gonna give them straight hell from end to end. It will be a seven game series, and they're gonna be in whoever, either the Clippers or Lakers' ass the whole time. <laughs> well, and the unfortunate thing for the Nuggets is, I agree with Panda. They're probably gonna take out the Jazz in five games. Every game will be probably pretty close and really interesting and exciting. But Denver's probably yeah. gonna win four out of five of those games. Then they run into the series that we'll talk about next, which is the Clippers Mavericks. And they got that series. If by chance they make it out, they're more than likely going to be looking at the Lakers in the conference finals. Um, so they are a threat, but they got a hell of a track to the conference finals, just the conference finals, not even the finals. Sure. They got to be both sure. LA teams. That's true. Crazy. All these teams do. Now, with that being said, um, I don't know, man. If if y'all are cool with it, I'm gonna skip Clippers Dallas because that's a sweep. Yeah, it's it's a walkover. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we're gonna move to the East, man, because man, we haven't said one single fucking word about these teams. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what an NBA podcast! Huh? Uh, all right, so we got Milwaukee Orlando. That's a sweep. Um, yep. And then we got Indiana, Miami. That's a good series. That's that's an interesting series. That's old school right there, man. Yeah. Who y'all got? I'm gonna go with Miami at six. I think Miami's um a bit of a stronger team, a little bit more experienced. The scoring is a little bit more balanced. Uh they do have some problems up front. They don't rebound exceptionally well, which is going to be a problem. But I, I, I think the scoring and the defense is just going to be a little bit too much for Indiana, honestly. And I think Indiana is really good. I just think Miami's a stronger, more experienced team. 
I'm going to say, just to be contrarian, I'm going to say the Pacers. Ooh. Um, really on the strength of just being contrarian. Because I don't think anybody's picking the Pacers to win <laughs> against the Heat. <laughs> so I'm just going to take the Pacers just off the strength of that. I don't necessarily think they're a better team. I mean, I look at their records. They're pretty much identical. Yeah. Um, like Miami is a losing team away from home, but nobody's away from home or home. So right. I don't think that matters at all. So, yeah, I'm just going to take the Pacers just to just to have something to root for and against or whatever. So, okay. but, yeah. Okay. Jazz man. Um, Boston, Philly. That is, whoa. I mean, that's kind of like, I think all the other teams in the East are happy that that's a matchup. Yes. 100%. Well, for one, Boston's, Boston's they're going to, uh, the Phillies be lucky to win a game. I mean, the Phillies, the Philadelphia will yeah. be lucky to win a game. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Yeah. No the, Simmons. The health issues, stuff. man. But like on paper, this is, this would be tremendous, right? But uh, I don't know. I, I it's it's gonna show. Yeah, Boston's gonna win this thing. But like, and there's heads are gonna roll in Philly. <laughs> That's gonna be a whole podcast at some point. But um, yep. but Boston are gonna show what they got, and that's gonna be interesting because they're either gonna show not much, or they're gonna be impressive to a point where people are gonna be like, oh my god. I think uh, I, I think Philly might get two games. I say might. They might get two games. Um, but I Boston's a really good team. They have really balanced scoring. I I just when they play against bigger teams and not just bigger like in B, but bigger teams like Toronto that's still really fast and still really moves around. Philly's kind of big and slow if Simmons isn't out there, which is great for Boston. Um, so I think they get past Boston or they get past Philly pretty easy. Um, yeah. But if Simmons was there, we're talking a, we're talking a different thing. Um, but yeah, I'd say Boston in six at best. Okay. Um, that's pretty well. I don't think it'll take that many games. I I do like no. some of the history and some of the matchups, but it's just there's no Philly doesn't have their biggest hitters. Um and um again, but Boston can also play down to their competition. That's a thing too. Um but yeah, I see Boston coming out and there really shouldn't be a, a good excuse for them not to. Um but I think it may be something you keep your eye on for the rest of the East. Uh, but this one, uh, Toronto and Brooklyn, that's, that should be a sweep or like, um, yeah. or yeah, a mercy sure. rule. Is there a mercy rule? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. They shouldn't, they shouldn't um, be competitive. I mean, that, the fact that they were up 33 and then lost the league and just, and then still won by like almost 20. 20 yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the difference. I mean, there's just the big difference between the two teams. Yeah, and I know we're going to cap it here because we probably won't talk about the second round until we get to the second round. But, right. you know, Toronto is, uh, you know, we already talked about the West and now we're talking about the East, but Toronto can beat anybody in the playoffs. Just straight up and down. There's not yep. a team that they can't beat. That's right. So yeah. that's just... That's so where we are with them right now. They gonna they, they just gonna they watch play the winner of Boston Philly, right? Yeah, yeah, they'll play the winner of Boston Philly. They're gonna watch Brooklyn, and then you know we'll see. But there's no team that they can't beat, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, I can see them repeating. I could definitely, I can see them repeating this champion. Yeah, I think all year I've kind of sung the praises of my little sleepers, and to me they're Denver and Toronto. Yeah, you've been talking about Toronto yep. since day sure. one. Um, and it's it's just just what I see. And when you see a team that's 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 already winning, they're already winners, and then you see them kind of like impose their will on people, you're like, oh my god, that's that's something. You know what I mean? Like when you see when you think of Milwaukee and you think of what they should be, you think of you have to also think of 
what they've done and what they've shown you. Um, so, but it, I, I, I'm, I'm ready for that. That's going to be a hell of a thing. And we're already putting them in the Eastern conference finals, those two teams. But anyways, uh, that's the first round and we're already here. There's games on right now. And, uh, and that's, uh, episode 17. We just wanted to check on y'all and man, NBA is rolling and, uh, I'm enjoying it. You guys. Yeah, man. It's been great. It's been great. Absolutely. So with that, um, we're going to go ahead and sign off and we'll see y'all next time, next week. And, uh, now the podcast NBA edition. Yeah, to the now, to the now, 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 now. Hey.